Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Welcome to the podcast. We love that you're here. And if you're returning, thank you for returning. We always love to have you here. And today is a special episode. And when I say special, often I use that term to say that it's not your expected episode about medication or about uh, therapies or about, um, you know, uh, being tested and evaluated and so forth. Today is uh, what I call an exploration episode, and I've done many of them before, most notably uh, talking about AI and ADHD. If you haven't heard that episode, look that up. Um, worth a listen, I believe. Um, today's episode is called ADHD and Tantra. Now, for a lot of people, when they hear Tantra, they have some kind of wild image of some sexual practice or something sexual, uh, whether it's from the ancient Indian art of uh, practicing it or whether it's a westernized, uh, commercialized workshop that they've heard about or somebody said that they did some Tantra exercises with their partner and so forth. Um, so that is not quite what this is about, although it is absolutely related to exactly that Tantra. And I want to start out by just giving you a reference point here. This is something that I've read in a book called The Radiance Sutras, 112 Gateways to the Yoga of Wonder and Delight. This was written by Lauren Roche, PhD, forward by Shiva Rhea. And this is a book given to me by a dear soul, a human being I just admire so much. And it opened my eyes in general. But what had me connect this to ADHD was on page six in the introduction when uh, Lauren describes what Tantra is or where it came from. And I'm just going to read this from the book. The word Tantra has interesting resonances, each of which provides a vital clue to how to practice. The tan, T-A-N, the tan of tantra, has a wide range of meanings, including to extend, stretch, spread, shine. When this root sound made its way west, it became ten, T-E-N, and we use it all the time when we say extend, tendon, tender, tension, entertain, intensity, and attention. And so here's the sentence that, that caught me, caught my eye. He says, to practice Tantra is to stretch ourselves to extend our capacity for attention to the utmost. Let me read it one more time. 
To practice Tantra is to stretch ourselves, to extend our capacity for attention to the utmost. And that's when I myself also had to read it again and again. And I'm just going to continue reading a couple more sentences here. Tantra is also the pattern of interconnectedness we discover when we practice. Tenderness is important. This text is tender in its approach to human experience and encourages an earthy reverence in embracing your bodily sensations. So this is obviously about the book. But what I wanted to point out here is that when Tantra is practiced, and I don't want to say the right way, but the way it's meant to be practiced, and I have myself taken some Tantra lessons or classes, workshops, and the one thing that stood out for me was this idea of not being or acting in the moment from like an autopilot kind of way of being. So not going through the motions that we normally would go through the motions. For example, if you're with a partner, like say a romantic partner, and you're doing an exercise that you don't perhaps touch their hair or their shoulder or their arm or whatever the exercise is, there's so many different versions, right? But the point I'm trying to make is that we don't act from an autopilot way of being. We, it's almost like dancing in the moment, like being so present to the person in front of us that we, much like in a, in a dance, like in a salsa dance or tango or, you know, when, when we have these couples that dance and if it's not a, a, a planned routine, you know, often you watch these salsa dancers and the man in the traditional sense leads the woman, but the, the, it's almost like the woman knows by being so present in the moment, right, in the zone as often athletes call it, so in the zone they it looks so smooth as if they had practiced all these moves but it's often just like jazz beautiful jazz music it's it's improvised but when we're in that zone and the zone is nothing other than in the moment so aware much like in martial arts there's a great scene i believe in uh, the last samurai with with um tom cruise where he learns to be so in the moment and so literally like by being in the moment, in the present moment, he can dance with the future moments that are coming his way, right? I believe that's kind of what the point was. I might be butchering it a little bit, but there is the same sense of that zone in martial arts, for example, in many sports, right? And so in Tantra, it's very similar. It's like when we're in sync, when we're in the moment and in sync with energetically with with our partner, the person that we're practicing it with, right? Then energies flow. There's love present, respect. It's a dance. It's a beautiful dance. It's joyful. And so what's required for that to happen is nothing other than attention. Because when we pay attention to not just an energetically, also, of course, visually, right? We have eyes, we can see, we have ears, we can hear, we have noses, we can smell. When we're so in the moment paying attention, and that's what uh, Lauren Roche refers to here when he says, um, you know, to stretch ourselves, 
to extend our capacity for attention to the utmost, to be so present that nothing else in the moment matters, right? Then we're in the zone, we're in the present moment. And now when we contrast that to ADHD, the so-called disorder, the label that is describing these symptoms that are really just behaviors, right? So if we look at someone and like Western medicine have the audacity to call that person a disordered person with this disorder, right? But for a moment, let's just say there's someone in front of us and we go, they can't pay attention. So there are factors that take this person out of the moment that distract them, right? From being able to pay attention. So yes, of course, it would be ideal for that person to be able to pay attention, to be in the moment, to experience what I just described, this being in the zone. But this person is distracted by external, you know, noises, visual things, uh, thoughts. Again, because as you've heard me say many times before, because their nervous system is locked in defense mode. It's frozen. And that is as now many, many, many experts and studies have clearly proven, scientifically backed up, due to stressful events, traumas of the persons in, in their childhood over time, especially early childhood. Um, and so when we look at that, I thought, hmm, a practice such as Tantra or as we also know, and we've done an episode called, you know, medica uh, meditation versus or meditation over medication. These practices that can get us present, right, into the present moment, that, that, that can focus our attention to be in the present moment, those practices are, in my opinion, the solution or part of the solution, right? We may still need therapy and, uh, you know, Processing the, those childhood traumas takes a lot of work. And I believe that is our work. That is our human work on this planet. Um, I, I would love the, the expression, our mess is our message. I think the people that are most connected to their purpose, that are delivering a message in life, they usually, their mess is part of their message. Be, that, because that's the, the trouble or the hardship they went through. And they're now equipped. If they came out the other side with growth, right? Having learned their lesson, they're equipped to teach others what it takes to get through this, right? And so that said, I believe that if we take on our lives fully, fully responsible, and we help our children, especially in this case, if you're a parent, we help our children process the traumas. And first of all, we have to be honest about the traumas that are present in our families. So many families pretty much hide, tap down, stow away, make it a secret and never reveal their traumas, even transgenerational traumas in their families. So as children, you know, we try to put the puzzle together of what happened to us and no one talks about it. That happened in my family. I know many friends who have similar things who were never told 
that there was a physical abuse or sexual abuse or that there were, were adopted parents or children or things tend to come out later or in therapy, we suddenly have a recollection, a memory of, of, of these events. And even though we may never have proof, quote unquote, we may never have a family member that actually tells us it happened spiritually or, or subconsciously, we, we know something happened. And that's all part of putting the puzzle together. But if we can support our children and actually uh, be responsible, you know, take responsibility for what happened in our families and work together on processing those traumas through therapies and other modalities such as meditation. And for adults, I'm a big believer that the practice of Tantra actually enhances our ability to be able to be present in, you know, to, to pay attention in the present moment, which is exactly, uh, you could call like medicine for the ADHD nervous system or the ADHD behaving nervous system. I always say ADHD is not real. It doesn't exist. It is not a thing like an it, like an object that we have. It's a behavior. And it's a set of behaviors that we've labeled as this disempowering word called the disorder. So when I use it that way, I know those of you who've listened to my episodes before get it. But if you're new, I uh, just want to make sure you know that we believe that ADHD is not real. The struggle is real. The label doesn't have to be. That's part of our slogan. So again, when I say uh, Tantra, meditation, any of those focusing, uh, attention-stretching practices are, I believe, a huge key to calming down a nervous system over time, right? It's not like you take one class and you're healed. No, it's a practice. And I think it's a great practice for parents, for uh, you know, relationships, whether you're married or in a long-term relationship with children. I think it's very valuable for parents to uh, practice you know, meditation or Tantra, things like that, of that nature. Because even with Tantra, the ultimate purpose isn't sex. It isn't necessarily to have, you know, tantric practices to enhance a sex life. Although I'm a big believer that if, uh, you know, uh, between parents, if the sex and intimacy works, it's a happier family. That's a whole, that's another story, another podcast. But I'm a big believer in that. But that's not the purpose of it. And again, I'll read this one more time out of straight out of the book, The Radiant Sutras. Radiant Sutras. Uh, Lauren Rush wrote about it and, and it caught my eye because that sentence is powerful. He says, To practice Tantra is to stretch ourselves, to extend our capacity for attention to the utmost. Again, it's all about stretching ourselves and extending our capacity for attention. Isn't that ultimately what we wish our kids could do, right? To stretch themselves, to extend their capacity for attention? Well, again, I'm not saying our children should take Tantra classes, right? Um, currently, the way it's set up with Tantra or Tantric practices, it's for adults. There might be some workshops somewhere for teens, but there is obviously a age-appropriate introduction to such practices. But again, my point is not to bring Tantra to a family or children, but to start realizing that the goal is simply 
to find practices or other modalities that can help us or for adults or our children if we're here to listen uh, for information to help our children to find those modalities and to try them out because there there's others I've come across many over seven years there's many more I hear about new ideas new thoughts new things people are trying out almost on a weekly basis and I usually report on them and it's not like oh here's some tips and tricks but it's really just to open up uh, our listeners minds that hey huh I never thought about this practice uh, stretching attention well if or the capacity for attention well huh so I wonder what about it actually does the trick well great so if you're a parent Go take a Tantra class with your husband or wife or partner. Um, see what's there. You might have some insights or even some bodily reactions or some spiritual breakthroughs and realize, oh, if we brought this to our family, then it would shift uh, you know, the speed of us doing life. It would bring more peace into the household. It would maybe restore intimacy between the parents and that that'll make the children feel feel more at ease and you know what i'm saying here is it's not about tantra it's not about necessarily exactly doing what they do in tantra but it's about keeping an open mind and 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 to keep exploring and to see what else is out there that might improve the uh the vibration right the energy in a household for children uh, whose nervous systems have been locked in place because of stressful events, traumas, and so forth. And if you're new to this, and you're kind of questioning what I'm saying about trauma and stressful events in the nervous system on children, I highly recommend you read Gabor Mate's new book, The Myth of Normal. Uh, Gabor has been on our podcast. I've had the privilege of interviewing him twice. Um, I was interviewed for his book, The Myth of Normal, and I have started reading the book. It's over 500 pages. It's a big book. Um, I will admit it's a bit daunting, um, but I've already read 80 pages in two days, and I am absolutely floored and amazed by how much scientific evidence there is to that claim that I had years ago as a researching parent, I just had an intuition about this. And uh, uh, once I started speaking to experts, trauma experts like Peter Levine and later uh, Gabor Mate, who, who's an addiction specialist and ADHD, and he's, he's a doctor, uh, you know, a physician. Once, once I got the validation from, from experts, it was clear that we were onto something. And so don't take my word for it, but research, uh, look at Peter Levine, uh, the trauma expert, look into Gabor Mate. Uh, there's a huge overlap between trauma and ADHD. It's almost a 95% overlap, uh, Peter Levine pointed out. The symptoms of, of trauma uh, mirror almost those of ADHD. So it's just something to think about, like, hmm, what does that mean? And, you know, again, if you're, if you're new to the podcast, uh, feel free to listen to some of the other episodes and dive in there. But this was supposed to be sort of a keep your, 
keep a keep an open mind, you know, when we talk about modalities to, that we may think have nothing to do with ADHD or cannot bring any uh, anything anything good to ADHD. It's like maybe think again. Maybe we should look at not so much, you know, how they always say, "Don't shoot the messenger." Like, you know, when we hear tantra, we go, "Yeah, yeah, I know what it is. I've heard about it." Eh, la, 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 la. But if we kept an open mind and really asked or if you hear a podcast like this one that says well it's not so much about tantra and what we know about it it's like what does it actually do why does why do human beings benefit from it and could it be that that same modality or philosophy could be used to calm down a nervous system just like meditation does too right calms down the mind calms down the nervous system it's all been scientifically measured so that's it. Kind of a random episode, but I just, that, that sentence to me stuck out so much that I had to do an episode about it. So, hey, as I always say, thank you for your attention. It's your most valuable commodity and you gave it generously. So I really appreciate you. For more information on the podcast, you can go to www.adhdisover.com. You can download our free ADHD Diagnosis Survival Guide for Conscious Parents. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone that you think should be a guest on the show, just uh, send us a note, send us an email. We're always open to talk to anyone about potentially being on the show. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here, for coming back to our podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day.